Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is Jeremy with the Epic Life Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, and we do have a fantastic show lined up for you today. Before we dive in, I did want to give you a heads up that we experienced a few audio issues while recording this episode. Life does happen, and unfortunately these technical glitches did occur, but we are rolling with the punches and just making the best of it. So go ahead and sit back and enjoy episode two of The Epic Life. Episode 2 of the Epic Life Podcast. It's a show where we embark on a journey of self-discovery, personal growth, and educating each other and anyone we can around us. We are your hosts. I am Jeremy. This is Donald. Yeah, buddy. How are you doing today, by the way? Dude, I'm doing well, man. Yeah? Uh, it's, been a, it's, been, it's been a beautiful day. Great. Good week? Good week so far. Uh, excited for the weekend. I'm actually going out of town to see our uh, alma mater, Kansas Jayhawks, take on the Longhorns of Texas. Wait, what? You're going? Yeah, in Austin, You're going Texas. To Austin? Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, Holy I don't know if you knew that. Um, I didn't know that. But yeah, going down there with a couple friends, uh, and uh, yeah, and also reconnecting with some other ones. Uh, I'm gonna see a guy I haven't seen since 2010. Long time. Um, yeah, uh, late high school, early college friend. Um, seeing how he's doing, and yeah, just gonna get out of town for a little bit, and. Um, yeah, very, very much looking forward to it. That's wonderful, dude. Yeah. That sounds great. Rock chop. Rock chop, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, today, episode two, we wanted to talk about the importance of self-awareness. It is a path that once you get on it, it's really honestly kind of hard to, to step off, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, you can't go back. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, so for me, uh, obviously, I've gone on my own path of of learning more and more about myself and how I interact in my relationships, how I interact with me. Um, and so that's why this this episode was going to be important for us to do. Yeah, uh, I think we have a lot of really uh, great things to share um, when it comes to you know, self-awareness. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think we're, we're going to have some really, some things that we've been through in our lives. I think we can have a lot of interesting and great things to contribute to this topic. Perfect. Well, let's start off by defining what even is self-awareness, right? Yeah, no, I like, think, I think great, that's, yeah. that's important. So as I began my journey on this, I, I kind of realized I was becoming more and more self-aware. But, I mean, I, I really tried to find out what it means to be self-aware because a lot of people say that they are, right? Like, right. Like, I found out recently that about, according to a study done by um, a psychologist by the name of Tasha Yurik, she says that around 95% of people think that they're self-aware and being self-aware essentially means just being able to comprehend your own personality your values um, your emotions and be able to see them as objectively as possible now it's funny because around 95 percent of people think that they're self-aware whenever according to her study that she did about six seven years ago um, only around 10 to 15 percent wow. would consider themselves are actually self-aware under that definition that is wild <laughs> i know it is insane so looking into this, we realized that it's important to become self-aware. It's important to have the ability to, to notice your own faults. Yeah, right? like know, know your character, uh, how you react in certain situations, uh, understanding your emotions when certain elements arise. Um, you know, like 
maybe an ex walks in and you didn't know they were going to be there. You know, like how are you going to react to that? You know, I think being uh, among a myriad of other uh, kind of issues, but like yeah, I think being self cognizant of what you're feeling in that moment is is a key to success and, and growth in many areas. Oh, I agree. It it it, it is something that we we need to engage with. We need to be able to once we go on that path to to understand that it's going to be growth. It's going to be growth at every step, every turn, any time. You might be feeling triggered by something, you might be feeling emotional about something. It it's always an opportunity to to learn more about yourself or even another person or a circumstance, right? Yeah. Like and becoming empathetic to it is one of the first ways that we can we can we can disrupt the judgment that might come with something like that. Right, right. Yeah. Curious when you say empathetic, like, can you take that one level deeper? Like, so we, being empathetic when um, to others as they're going on their self awareness journey, or what do you mean exactly? Well, sure. Like, I think empathy transcends a lot of the disruptions that we might experience in our relationships. Like, for, let, let me give you an example. When someone might come to you and they give you a little bit of information let's say you're being told by a coworker, like they called in today okay yeah. coworker calls in you're like ugh, that guy always does that like whenever you begin to try and put yourself in that person's shoes with the information you even have instead of trying to fill it with negative judgment you fill it with empathy you fill it with a, a, an attempt to understand that person then it takes the judgment away right and, right. and that's a big component of being self-aware yeah i think no i great example i love that yeah yeah so one of the the key aspects of understanding emotion is being able to 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 really just recognize and name them right like there's a book that i read called atlas of the heart by Brene brown i read this about a year ago and it was fun i honestly i need to read it again because it feels like you're reading like a dictionary <laughs> because yeah. he, what she does she does this phenomenal job of outlining every essentially all the emotions that a human can experience and mm. she differentiates them she explains what this emotion is and how it differs from others and in that book it does a phenomenal job mm. of, of, a, of being able to label something once you label it it becomes easier to understand and once it becomes easier to understand it becomes easier to to overcome so it probably just it just takes layers deeper than just positive negative like because you have like mad angry disappointment upset um things along those lines but those are all i guess from what you're saying this book can offer a more in-depth on how those are all very different even though those all fall under the negative so to speak mm -hmm. category but it doesn't just investigate those way deeper oh it does it doesn't i mean no joke you will read she will she will give you a like a one topic of like one type of emotion that you might experience like whether it's negative or whether it's fueled by um hatred or, or sadness and then she can she she dissects it even more into subgroups like mm. like smaller ones like judgment or um or bitterness or different aspects of of those emotions and how they all fall into what we experience each and every day and so yeah. understanding them better is crucial because then you begin to know in life you'll be more self-cognizant self-aware of like well i'm feeling this i know what this emotion means like it's just important to like again 
I think knowing what you're thinking and like kind of where that would fall under for an emotion it's like that would obviously be I guess what we say is so the far and the few in between you know that 10 to 15 percent if you are able to identify what kind of emotion that you're saying or that you're feeling right? well yeah I mean um, one of the things that she mentions in the book is how and it, it, it's kind of an argument in in psychology on whether or not anger is a primary emotion or a secondary emotion like is it an emotion that exists on its own or is it something that is a result of some other emotion like mm, and yeah. and so anger for me from my perspective from what she wrote which is great is that anger is always secondary to another emotion whether it's sadness or jealousy or it, it always festers and then comes out as this hostile aggression right but inherently anger doesn't according to, to her anger doesn't truly just exist in a vacuum it's always secondary to another negative emotion and that's just how it ends up bubbling up in the person right like really, you said it could really be fascinating yeah like depression or what whatever acute loneliness you know uh, um yeah it's like so obviously it, 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 there's something deeper going on than just anger or upsetness disappointment sad well yeah and whenever you're able to label it whenever you're able to name it you're you're able to kind of have a more of a sense of control over it yeah you have more of an idea of what you're working with what's what you're working against and even just the labeling itself takes some of the pressure off of just succumbing to what it feels like and instead knowing what it feels like identifying it and then rerouting that to what is it that that is coming from? Like, is that some wound from whenever I was a child that, you know, that I internalized? Like, and that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Inner, inner, you know, childhood wounds or inner wounds, all those trauma. things. Yeah. Trauma, all that stuff. Like, and that but, can, yeah, that's probably stuff psychologically more than what, uh, you know, what we know. But there's obviously so much to that. Um, but obviously with that, um, epidemic so to speak going on you know like just like trauma like how does that how is how does people not dealing with trauma properly how does that affect not just you but the world well yeah everyone's traumatized yeah everyone has a trauma like think about it this way as a child you are the you are the the heightened emotional being that you are like every everything is new and context like there's no context for things so whenever you feel something whether it like you wonder why like a kid might fall and hurt you know hurt their knee or something and they cry really hard it's because they don't have context for what that pain is they're not like oh this happened before and i would turn out to be fine like for them the pain is great because they don't understand it so you're simultaneously the most emotional you've ever been while having no logical tools to deal with it right and yeah. so what happens and this is uh, this has just been uh, a, a topic in other books that i've read where we it's called little t trauma Hmm. um and what it essentially means is like there's a difference between going through something like horrible as a child that you know no child should have to go through something truly painful or something malicious that was done by like a caregiver or something versus like oh whenever i was young if i asked to you know have seconds at dinner or if i if i wanted to eat my dessert first i was like told no i'll get fat or something and then all of a sudden like this kid contextualizes and internalizes what 
that sentence meant to them at the time and now they carry around this this inner wound that they don't really recognize as being an inner wound from whenever they were six years old and they were told something by their parents that was just what they heard but like right. it, the pain is great and it just exists in the body it, it does it's a physiological response that your body has like anxiety and depression those are those yes that they exist in the how they manifest in your body comes from your brain but also your brain your body holds on to it and so it's it's fascinating that we 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 grow up and we don't have the capacity to understand our emotions well enough to to work through them and then by the time we're adults we're like oh well we're kind of we're kind of fucked up like we're kind of messed up in how we operate in our relationships we yeah, may we're, we're we're kind of feel like kind of taught and integrated so to speak to kind of go against natural emotions at times we're I, I mean especially as men right like we're we're told that being emotional is weakness I, I'm glad you said that just because something happened the other day I'm not gonna dive too much into it but like Tell me. I'll just be honest I just wanted to fucking cry like uh, then, and um, yeah. I didn't in that moment but I took I took other I went on a walk and, and mm-hmm. just like listened to some you know, kind of uh, relaxing music. Um, I might have had like watery eyes, but I didn't just like let it go. But, but I, I was in a sense though feeling very happy for myself because I was I'm like I have no fucking problem letting that release out in that way. Yeah. Um. I and I think that le that's like a different level of I guess you wouldn't say like comfortability with your own self. You know, consciousness, self-aware, mm-hmm. uh, what you want to call it, because um, I think it's important to let that. Uh, one of my recent favorite mentors, um, a gentleman named Scott Galloway, as you know, nice. uh, is it takes. He really says like, men need to be more like, in sense with being it's okay to cry in certain times, um, and just being I think being able to uh, hone in on that, because yeah, like you said, I think there's men somehow in society probably yeah, for women as well just certain emotions you're not supposed to do but I'm like I feel like I should do this if you feel like you should do it do it like you know uh, um, if you feel like you need to cry cry it's very okay there's times where you need, like if, if yeah you know you're losing someone lost one um, or even just like tears of joy happiness mm-hmm. um, it's actually kind of wild my dad recently uh, texted me. Um, he was in Florida. I was here, and was, I'm just thinking of you. And I have tears of joy crying down my face. Aww. And I, I feel like I've seen him cry more, in the, or I've heard him seen him slash heard more in the past year or two. Mm-hmm. I think it's because it, he's seen the growth in me to be able to be conscious of my emotions. And I think when people see that, that it's okay to be okay and let those emotions out I think it's a real sense of freedom um, it's liberating yeah right and also it's it's vulnerable and vul- vulnerability is like the most courageous thing we can do is is to be raw like now be raw within like within bounds like, right be, exactly be, <laughs> yeah but being raw and being vulnerable is something that you know, I imagine you can attest to this but many men especially aren't taught that it's okay to cry like it's like oh just walk it off like oh you know don't cry don't be a baby like all yeah. those things and like no joke i i cry probably 
a billion times more than my girlfriend cries. Yeah. <laughs> like, no joke. I cry so I cry a lot. Like, I will look at her because I'm very grateful for her, right? Yeah. Like, and I'll look at her and I'm just, I'm, I realize the things that I went through and she went through and the people we grew to be to grow to be the people we are together. And I look at her and I'll just, like, I'll have a tear going down my face. She, she just kind of, like, she does this little chuckle and, like, but I am proud to do that. Dude, yeah, I, 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 I am honored to be the guy that like is so over, like I'm overflowing with joy and emotion for this other human being that exists on this planet while I do, and it, of course that's one side of that spectrum. Crying can also be a, a result of something. Yeah, there's painful. many different kinds of tears. Yeah, but just like the idea, of, like if you feel like you need to, yeah, I don't know why the idea that like. Um, it, having a tear or two come down your face and kind of watery eyes, red eyes, is a sign of weakness. I I, I think it's a sign of strength. I, yeah, because like what what's what is being stated whenever someone says that's weakness? You're you're saying you're not strong enough to act like you're not emotional. Is that like is that what the discourse is? Like you should be strong enough to not let emotions out. We are human beings. We are inherently emotional creatures. We are the only things that we're fully aware of in the universe that are aware of ourselves and of our mortality and of, of the weight of being alive. And we're not allowed as men because, I mean, for lack of a better way of putting it, because of our genitalia, we're not allowed to just be like, man, that that made me fucking cry. Like, Yeah. I think it's wonderful to cry. And I honestly, I learned that from my dad. My dad is emotional too, like in all the ways. Like I took so much of my who I am emotionally from my father. And I, I love I'm, that. So I'm, a great I, role model. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I mean, of course, you know, like, that means whenever I feel something, I feel it strongly. If I'm feeling upset, I feel very upset. Like, yeah, no, but, I but am the same way. that's the weight of it. And I'm okay <clears throat> with feeling all things because then it comes back to being self-aware. Whenever you're aware of how you're, you know, you're feeling something negatively, you know how it can impact other people and you, you don't want to not feel it, but you don't want to throw it in someone's face. You don't want to become... Like, oh, you made me feel this way instead of this is how a situation made is making me feel. This is how I feel about a situation. And how can I, whenever you're in a relationship, for example, or even in a friendship or at work, like in, in which are all different types of relationships, at that point you have the ability to immerse yourself in your emotion without it becoming a, a negative experience for other people. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. So then I'd be curious to uh, bounce this question off you. Is sure. So if you do see someone who doesn't really get, I don't know whether it be that angry or cries that much or expresses that kind of emotion, um, I'm not saying they're having the whole, uh, yeah, I'm too powerful to uh, mask my emotions mentality, but maybe that is what they're doing, uh, but they don't like, I'm, I'm saying they don't express it, like that's how, that's how they go about their life, but do you think that is like there's some obviously underlying issues for the need or the want to kind of mask those emotions or would you say that there's clearly something deeper going on there to make them want to hide those emotions right i mean i think all of our experiences and you can tell me if you agree or disagree all of our experiences and all of our perspective is adopted yeah. we adopt our entire sense of self through our experiences and experiences are shared right right so whether you're told things whenever you're young or whether you see it and you 
what imitate. Emulated. Like yeah. you, we can't say that the discourse is every single man who doesn't cry doesn't cry because he was told not to cry once. Yeah, like, yeah. But I, but just imagine <laughs> like you know, the the young the boys who were growing up and their fathers were just like these stern, strict, like unemotional beings. That it's easy to look at that and think that's what. It, that's what's normal that's what it means to be a man right but you know that could bring up a whole other topic of like masculinity and yeah and you know femininity and all those other things but i think it's important that if we want to break away and become our own our own version of us and become self-aware you have to learn to question some of the things that yes you were either told or taught and not not question them to the point where you're demeaning them, but uh, here's another example. Am I emotional because my dad was emotional? I mean, it helped. Like, it helped in the sense that I get to, I feel like I can be expressive with my emotions. And I've, you know, I've been in, in friendships or even had old girlfriends who, whenever I would get emotional, they literally, you know, demeaned me for it. Yeah. And they made me feel bad for being emotional. And yeah. so when, whenever I finally gained the awareness that I am emotional and I'm okay with that, then you become less apologetic. You become more certain of the, of more the version certain of, of you. you. Yeah. Boom. Self-awareness. Right <laughs> and that's important, dude. Yes, it that is. Matters. Yes, it is. Because I also, again, you said it earlier, liberating. It really just makes you feel like you're this whole new level of recognizant of who you are as a human. And just it just makes life easier. Mm -hmm. uh, you just know how to handle, I think, difficult situations more, uh, better. Um, and I think the, the next thing we really want to talk about is, like, it strengthens your relationships. Like, oh, like, dude, 100%. Yeah, you almost begin to, like, like uh, weed out the weeds, so to speak, or sort. Like, you, you, you realize quicker who you want to be surrounded with. Yeah, because... And, and then you just begin to attract those people. Because yeah. that's what you're in the search of. Because when you are when you start to realize your values... Like, I could name three values of mine that I developed over the last two years that matter to me. They matter to me and I try to live them. You know, that's what, that is what I've, I've outlined my own existence a little bit more through pain, which is great. Um, but being able to use those values to then align with the, the partner you're going to be with. Like, you know, I'm in a very healthy relationship now and it took me some not so healthy relationships and then you know, I started dating about a little, about a year ago, just short of a year ago, and I, you know, I moved back to Kansas City, and I started um, going on all these dates. You became the Tinder King, right? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I went on a hand. You know, I went on what I think I told you. I think I went on like eight, maybe ten first dates before I I met the person that I'm with now. Um, and I had some good dates. I had some not so good dates. But I, anytime I met someone who didn't align with my values, they didn't want the same things as me. They didn't, or they they didn't have the attitude or perspective that I aligned with. I I didn't tell them in a negative way, but I told them I was like, this is not the connection I'm looking for because I finally aligned with my own values, and that brought that awareness into my interpersonal relationships. And now in my own relationship, I it helps me to understand the role that I have, you know, the way that I am supposed to operate with this person to make it a healthy and nurturing space. For both of us, man, I think that, it's great. It's so spot on. Like, and I think um, 
like I say, since I become more self-aware, I can talk about my, yeah, like, liberating interpersonalness when I meet people. Uh, for example, like, yeah, there's uh, this wonderful woman that I met when I was abroad here recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, becoming that self-aware with yourself projects an image that obviously we'll never fully know because you can't, like, see ourselves um, mm-hmm. from a third-party perspective. But, man, I tell you, the, attractive, the attractiveness of it is the right person will see that in you like like that that person seen in you and um it, it just makes dating or, or meeting people so much easier because yeah like you're not putting on any facade you're being authentically you and they are whoever this might be a relationship or a friendship whatever it might be they're being drawn to authentically you um and yeah. it's just it's something of beauty yeah. yeah and as we get older it becomes easier and easier to not only understand it but to, to also express it. Yeah. Right? Like, and that, I think that is a magnet for other individuals who also have similar values or, or have a similar perspective. It's why, like, your friend groups might change as you get older. Or you're, you might realize you hit 30 and you're like, I know the kind of person I want to be. And I know the kind of person I want to be with if that's what you want for yourself. Right. You know, and that's wonderful. Like, I I couldn't imagine not being self like, and I'm not the most self aware person. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, not gonna. I'm not. Yeah. This isn't like you know just a, a a brag the whole time. But I did become way more aware after I went through, you know, my divorce. I think one of the first things I realized was that I was not a great husband. I wasn't a horrible person, but I was not a great partner to the person who truly she deserved a good partner, and yeah. I was not that. And, you know, we weren't that for each other. Right. And then I started to learn and grow and decide, make intentional decisions. And now I have an understanding of the role that I take in my relationship. And I've learned not to hold grudges, which I honestly used to do. Like, and I realize not everything's going to be fixed. First off, I'm sorry, I just want to say, you go. acknowledge, well, I just want to acknowledge that you acknowledge the fact of understanding your role. I think that is a whole nother um aspect of a relationship which again could be another topic one day or some topic but that is a key to growth as well understanding where you fit in with a relationship um or friendship you know i i that's really great we i mean think about it this way we can't be everything for someone right right i as much as we want to be like i that'd be so cool to meet like to be with your person and just meet all their needs because you just want to fulfill them in every single which way but that's not how human beings work. We have different needs, and those needs come from different places. And whenever you start to recognize and appreciate that, you fall into a groove with a person where it's like, I understand that you might need this time with this person or this time with this person. We, you know, we go do this together because it fulfills this need. Like all of that, it it just feeds itself in this really beautiful way where it just it feels like it doesn't even feel like effort anymore. To, yeah. to be to do the things that that you're supposed to do in the relationship because you're so like, in sync you're in the flow and i mean I, everyone looks at a relationship like it's supposed to be fit not everyone but a lot of people tend to think it should be 50 50 like it should be fair yeah but guess what it's not no and, but whenever you start to give more like there was this book that i read called the 80 80 marriage and it was freaking great it was written by this couple named nate and kaylee klimp and they, they literally were on the verge of divorce. They were like, what the hell is going on? They sat down, they worked through some stuff, and they learned a lot in working through it that they wrote a book about it. And they realized the importance of 
not holding grudges and the importance of understanding that not everything's going to be 50-50. For every single dish that I wash, I shouldn't expect my girlfriend to wash the, the same dish. You know, for every single time that I do laundry, I shouldn't expect my girlfriend to do laundry. Or, you know, whenever she goes and, uh, you know, and she, she takes the, the pets to, this is just an example, but if she were to take the pets to the vet or something, like, it doesn't mean that I have to take them next time. Like, we take roles based off of the needs that the, in, that the relationship needs. And from there, once you start to give more for the sake of giving, which in the book is called Radical Generosity, which I think is beautiful, it nurtures a, a space where you, you literally don't have the capacity to hold grudges anymore. You don't have the capacity to, to say, well, I did it last time, so you should do it this time. No, I did it this time because I, I love you and I love us and I love working with you on stuff. So doing it for the sake of that instead of the sake of make this fair, it's let's make this easier on the relationship. With everything you're saying, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would feel like if at some point you were at a point in life where you were able to really, you know, like be alone, live alone, uh, hone in on your individuality, on how you, on how you live life. If you really hone in on that again, become self-aware. The whole point of this episode, mm-hmm. uh, but if you do that while you're living alone. I don't think you would ever go into a relationship, marriage, ever expecting anything because you know you know you have to do this for yourself, but you, you'll go out of your way. This being dishes, laundry, things like that. Sure. Because you obviously been doing, daily stuff. Yeah, you've been doing that to live yourself, so you would never expect someone else to do it for you. I mean, is that a fair statement? Like, like, uh, or yeah, but I also think like when you when you replace individuality for companionship you are you are saying no to selfishness whenever you truly get into a relationship whenever you're at least a little more on the self-aware side like i'm not going to say again i'm not the most self-aware person but i did under i realized a lot of things that i was doing wrong Hmm. after a lot of things that i did wrong (laughs) yeah like that makes sense and so it whenever i let go of individuality not myself but rather living for just myself to to living in a companionship living in a partnership that allowed me to realize that like i don't expect her to do things for me like I, that's not an expectation yeah you should i mean yeah you should ever it's you just know. like but in a healthy relationship, you naturally want to do things with and for the person you're with. And I guess also what you're kind of saying, or we're saying, is like, I guess if like, you may find yourself in this expectation mindset, try and be self-aware and like, well, try not to expect anything. Like I, they don't need to do anything. They don't need to do the laundry or whatever it might be. Uh, it's like, be be ready to take action on yourself. Yes, because that's what you can that's what you have control over. Yeah. I have control over I don't have control over what my girlfriend does right. when we whenever we're hanging out with each other, you know? I I have control over how I show up. And if I continue to show up in a healthy way where I respect both of our boundaries, I allow open communication and I'm self-aware enough to express all of that, the transaction becomes very simple. It's I'm doing things for us because th- sometimes things need to be done and I can do it. And in return, I hope that 
you will also want to be in this partnership with me. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't say, haha, I did the dishes for you so many times. You should love me. Like, no. You yeah, know, there's but no mathematical the, the, equation there's there. There's not. Yeah. The transaction is simple. I give what I give because this relationship deserves a giving Jeremy. Yeah. And whenever I give more, not at the expense or at the, um, you know, at the detriment of myself, but just for the sake of giving in the relationship because the relationship deserves to have effort. Right. I, I can honestly say if the relationship were to end tomorrow, God forbid, but if it did, I would say I did the best I could and I have I no regrets. I gave the effort. Yeah. I gave the effort. Yep. Yeah, no. I mean, that kind of ties into... It's kind of ties into, like, like you touched on a little bit about the idea of, like, not to hold a grudge. Because, um, yeah, like, reminds me of my uh, past relationship, um, mm-hmm. I I know I gave a, all I could, 100, 110%. Like, you, again, you just have to be self-aware and know that you, you did that best. Mm-hmm. But just things didn't work out. Um, yeah, there was just a myriad of issues. Sure. Uh, but it didn't work out. But I, it is more fulfilling knowing. I think it makes it easier to get move on to some extent. But also... It, uh, it like the idea of like not holding a grudge. I think that's another higher level of giving self-aware. Just like I know I gave it all my hundred percent, but more so, I think that's also even the idea of not holding a grudge. I think that's a deeper level of love. Uh, and when I say that, I, I mean, sure, whoever that might have been, you know, whether any past relationship someone's been in, and say maybe for the opposite sex was the culprit or whatever. Like it just wasn't, it just didn't work out. But like maybe they, they did things that were very wrong like cheating or anything like that uh, if you're still able to love them in spite of that I, I, again I think that shows again at that level of self-awareness that you're like love prevails hate grudges and I think grudges fall under that hate ne- negative emotion or like oh, borderline yeah. yeah you know um, and I think when you kind of get to this state of ha- state of mindfulness of I want to do things that make me happy and I'm going to love someone in spite of that uh, of, of whatever might have gone wrong in the past uh, maybe maybe they hit you maybe they cheated on you maybe they stole money from you they did something really atrocious it could be um, it could be anything anything you can people hold grudges for way less and for of course way more yeah and I think the ability to just forgive the whole classic adage forgive but don't forget um, is great but like again I just think still show them love and respect because they're still a human um, and I think uh, they deserve that and again the, it's the idea of holding a grudge I don't know I, I just don't understand where that would come from because I guess I just know that that's not going to bring someone growth you know like what is you still thinking this negative mindfulness towards someone how is that going to better you at the end of the day it's all about you how is that going to better, better you, right? It doesn't. And grudges are inherently selfish. Yeah. It's the idea that that individual wronged you in some way. And many times, from my experience, like grudges were held because communication wasn't there. Mm, yeah. It's like you're holding grudges for unsaid things. And that kind of leads me to, to our next point of how important it is to to have the self-awareness because 
it brings you into that that state of personal growth, right? And in development and and feeling more fulfilled. And when you're holding grudges against someone, you you're literally holding you and another person back from growing in a relationship. Yeah. Because you're saying, "I'm stuck right here. I bookmarked this time where you did this for me or you didn't do this for me." And and now it's it it weighs on our relationship. Yeah. God, and more importantly, I feel like it weighs on the individual who has the grudge. Like, it does. Like, it does. They they're holding themselves back from so much growth in so many different areas of life. Mm-hmm. Um, you prevent it prevents you from finding your purpose. Like whether because yeah. you're so focused the on the grudge, you're, you're so fo- focused on the negativity. Yeah. Um, and in all transparency, because we're being vulnerable, and I'm self aware enough, I did that a lot. In yeah. my last relationships, like not just the, the more re- the most recent one, but even ones before that, and then afterwards, for years, I would be like, "Why was I wronged? Why did this person do this to me?" And then and now I look back, and I was talking to my therapist about this today. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like once you look through the lens of like understanding how you could have been better, you realize just how wrong you were at every turn. It doesn't mean mm. that all those things were deserved. Like I went through some some hard things too, yeah. and so did the people that I was with. Like. You know, I didn't. I wasn't the best partner for a long time. Now I'm trying really hard to be the best partner to the person I'm with, as well as to myself. Like I am in a partnership with me too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Love that. <laughs> I know, Good stuff. Great. Thanks, yeah. man. It's just um, it opens the door to just unlimited opportunity and growth. And you can't once you're on that path, it's so fucking hard to. Just, you don't want to get off, even though it's like work all the time. Yeah, it, it's constant, constant, never-ending growth, uh, which is something that I think I, I personally and maybe you as well as I find one of my top three uh, factors in someone I, I would date. Like I want, they have got to be curious and hungry for growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think because uh, it's a constant game. It's a constant game. Yeah, we all know where no one's perfect. But if you, you look at people who are in thriving relationships, thriving marriages, careers, whatever, they are focused on... I guarantee you they don't hold grudges. Like, you know, I would say 95% of the successful people don't hold grudges. I would I don't, I would like to think that at least. I you're wrong, but... I mean, yeah. I, think I feel like they have a good way of knowing when to move, move forward from the past. Yeah, um, it and, literally weighs you down. Yeah. And keeps you in place. Exactly. Um, and I think also that one of the more key parts of it, too, is <laughs> once you get to know me, you know, I'm, like, I'm just a love bird, a uh, love machine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think, it, it le- if, you, if you lead with love, love and curiosity, it just won't come up. You just won't feel grudges because you just, love overpowers. I just, I think that. Oh, it does. And um, when you when you lead a life of intentional love and um, goodness, wellness, and putting forth that energy into life, uh, that's what you'll attract, and that's what you'll give out. And I think it leads to more, like you said, fulfilling life. Yeah. And then when you, oh man, then when you come across, you know, whether it be people or instances, moments, events, that don't really. Uh, give you that sense of fulfillment in that journey you're just like oh again be self-aware reject 
what can I do to get back in line? Maybe I need to remove that event, that whatever it is. You filter more. You filter. Great word. Yep. Yeah. It's easier to filter whenever you have enough awareness about where you're at and where you want to be. And yep. are you making decisions to get to where you want to be? Or are you making excuses? Like, it, it's boundless just how, how, how much self-awareness can just... It propels you forward. And then once you're going forward, you never want to look back. And you never want to stop. You never want to stay in place ever again. It's, it's the best journey that I, I mean, honestly, it's one of those weird things where you look back on, on shit that you go through. You go through hard things, and I think they're meant to just calibrate you and push you into a direction towards a greater purpose. Like, And I'm not even religious, but I, I think that we all have a purpose here. Oh, Whether it's just with, for one person what, or for, you know... A, for the masses or whatever that doesn't matter that's that's subjective yeah but to to open the door to that possibility and to look around and be like i'm making this decision because this is what i see for myself because this is what matters to me and i hope that other people i hope that anyone listening to this takes just a moment buy a journal or something for god's sake and just examine yourself and f- see where you're at in your life yeah because I hope you're where you want to be and if you're not I hope you do some work to get there yeah you just like you can make the self-aware decision to be like wow I'm not there but I want to be there I mean that's step number one so exactly um, do I think we covered a wonderful content today I think we got uh, this very important message I think is a very important quality to the epic life Um, I think that is a key Component. Uh, component to living that epic life that we are looking to spread that message uh, with with this. I agree. Yeah. Jeremy, it is a pleasure. Donald, this has been wonderful, man. Seriously. Yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate this. And for those of you out there listening, just I hope you have gained a little bit of perspective and I hope that you live the life that you deserve because you deserve something great we all do 100 percent. excited to reconnect with you guys when i get back from austin tell your stories oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you guys for listening and we will check in with you guys next week